Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's sermon will be my third sermon in the last couple of months focused on a biblical character who was bold enough, who was audacious enough to go toe-to-toe with God. Boldness seems to be the Spirit's word these days. So first it was Moses in Exodus 32 arguing with God about the impatient people below and that golden calf situation that made God furious and resulted in God threatening to start over with a clean slate, just God and Moses. But Moses talked God off the ledge by reminding God of the covenant he had made with his own people to carry them to the promised land. And the text said, God repented of God's anger. Now, three weeks ago, we looked at the story in Genesis 32 of Jacob wrestling with God all night long, refusing to let go until he received a blessing from the holy. And Jacob got his blessing as well as a permanent limp. And today it's Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel. And in this story that Beth read so well, Abraham is playing the role of defense attorney, politely negotiating with God for the safety of the righteous individuals in the city of Sodom. It's one of the best accounts of biblical protest. Abraham haggles with God to save the righteous. Abraham, standing before the Lord, says, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not forgive it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the whole city, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Abraham continues his protest. Let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. And on Abraham goes, what about 45, 40, 30, 20, 10? Will you save the city for the sake of 10 righteous? And the Lord says yes to them all. And the Lord walks away from Abraham before Abraham steps on God's last nerve. (laughs) How appropriate to be focusing on protest today, Reformation Sunday. It is good to be reminded that embedded in our biblical heritage as well as our Protestant heritage are stories of conviction and protest on the part of the people of God. And even when it meant 
protesting God, God's self. As Sandy said, on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther publicly posted his complaints about the church on the church door in Wittenberg, which jump-started a revolution. Did the 33-year-old priest intend for his protest to start a revolution? Well, we're not clear about that. But like many revolutions, they begin when that last piece of kindling is set and one spark catches the world on fire. Protests and prophets come in many forms, and reformation happens in unexpected ways. Poets, artists, musicians protest and prophesy. Remember the controversy in 2017 over the statue of the defiant, fearless girl facing off with the bronze charging bull on Wall Street? Artist Kristen Visible created the girl as a protest to the gender inequalities on Wall Street. And it is said that the four-foot girl with hands on her hips and feet planted firmly on the ground, caused more public controversy than any other public art in New York City's history. And for now, that four-foot-high girl with the swinging ponytail stands opposite the New York Stock Exchange. The word Protestant has positive origins. That is, protest is not only a protest against something, but it is also a protest for something. The word protest comes from the Latin protestari, which means to put forth or to affirm. Protestants are those who affirm our convictions. Explicitly, we affirm Jesus Christ and all he affirmed. The upshot is that Protestants do not need to be reminded to be angry at or against something. We need to be reminded to affirm unapologetically our faith in Christ and to live out our faith with conviction. Protest requires boldness in our love for God. Our timidity serves no one. Ted Loder, in his collections of prayers, wrote, Empower me to be a bold participant rather than a timid saint waiting. When the church gathers on Sunday mornings, what we have is a protest, protest gathering of sorts. The church gathered strives to live by values different from the world's values. We set our hearts on the good news of the gospel. The teachings of the Protestant reformers rocked the world in the 16th century, and they still do today in the 21st century. The reformers taught that individuals are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, according to scripture alone, on the basis of what God has done for us in Christ alone. 
central for the reformers were the convictions that we need no church hierarchy to save us. And scripture is clear, it is not our works that put us in God's favor. We are saved not by what we do, but by what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. It is not about us completing good works in ourselves, but about God completing God's work in us through Christ. The Reformation was born of a rediscovery of the Apostle Paul's assertion, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. These Sunday protest gatherings strengthen us. They strengthen our resolve to live out our faith. I was reminded in the adult education hour that Adam Waite and Craig Robertson um, led that music through the histories, especially the Negro spiritual, has been part of the protest of the Christian faith. Protest requires us to be bold in living our faith out loud. Now, I suspect that you, like I, are tired of seeing the media disproportionately highlight the bad behaviors of some Christians. The media likes to put the spotlight on those that do not represent the majority of Christians. It feels like Christianity has been co-opted by a vocal minority. And unfortunately, though, our embarrassment causes us to be timid. We say things like, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that kind of Christian. But by identifying ourselves by what we are not, we don't tell the whole story. If we are not those type of Christians, then it begs the question, what kind of Christian are we? What do we actually stand for? Living our faith out loud is the way we offer a counter-narrative about what it means to be a Christian. What are the values that inform how we will vote next week? Why do we join in protest marches? Why do we care about those who are disenfranchised? Why do we work to dismantle unjust systems of inequality and discrimination? We must not let our timidity keep us from speaking out loud about our faith. And lastly, and maybe the most difficult protest of all, is our is God's desire that we love ourselves. And to love ourselves with tenderness is not narcissism. To love ourselves, even to like ourselves, is to be re released and liberated for that, from that relentless, critical voice of judgment. To love ourselves is actually a revolutionary act because by doing so, we protest the voices of culture that tell us 
We can be better, we can do better, we can look better, we can live better. And thus, we are distracted by all that really matters. A friend of mine said, just imagine what the world would look like if we could bottle up the amount of energy we spend obsessing over our looks and our accomplishments and relentlessly measuring ourselves against others, if we could bottle up that energy, we could transform the world. As Protestants, we have inherited a legacy from the Reformation as a people that embraces the possibility of true transformation. At the core of our beliefs is the motto, the church reformed and always being reformed. That means the church as collective, but the church also as individuals. We are frequently needing reform. Protest is inscribed into the literal term of our identity as Protestants. So putting the protest back into Protestant is at the heart of God's call. So today, we give thanks and we praise the value of protest. Thanks be to God. Amen.